0: What do you want? You're locked on to the big show, presented by Big O Tires. Just doing it big, you know. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5 1280 The Zone and the Zone Sports Network. Every day on the big show.
1: The big show. Uh, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. It's time for What's Going On, where we check in with the other shows on the Zone Sports Network. Are you ready to roll, Gordon? I am ready. All right. Uh, quick tease though. Dirk Facer is going to join us at four. David Locke will be on with us at five. So make sure and stay tuned for that. Uh, on DJ and PK today, uh, they had Thor Nystrom. Uh, now, that's a name. That's, a, that's like a commanding name. Hey,
2: you're, you're looking for names, possibly. <laughs> yeah, we
1: are. We're, we're Four. Put Thor on there. Thor? Or Nystrom. Or, Nystrom's a good, that's a good handle, too. But Thor, don't you automatically command the room when you walk into it if your name's Thor? Yeah, the you're problem, not a
2: CPA, are
1: you? The, yeah. the,
3: the, the problem with that, though, is, I mean, that is a great name if you've got yourself a commanding kid. But if you got yourself a, a kid that doesn't quite fit that mold, then that... That could be, that could cause ridicule.
2: Do you know Milk Toast Thor's Gordon? Because I don't.
1: Yeah, it's like a boy named Sue. Man, you're, you're naming your kid Thor. That's growing up to be, you know, when when Hans named his son Rock. Do you think he was planning on having a small kid? No, but you don't know that. Well, in Hans's case, there was pretty good odds. Well, <laughs> but uh, good but you know, there's that old adage that uh, you you don't name girls certain names because it's too. You're predicting a profession.
3: Oh, that is so, that is, um, come on, who
2: thinks that way?
1: Well, if I have another daughter, she's not going to be named Diamond.
2: (laughs) Oh, I was going with, like, Seamstress (laughs) and and the Mechanic. No, no, uh, no, no. I see. No. Cinnamon is not Not, a selected name. (laughs) I'm not going down that route. No.
3: See, I don't even think that way. Who thinks that way?
2: I do. (laughs) Because we're coming up with names, and Cinnamon's not on the list. It's like, you don't want to name your, ki- your girl Marine Biologist? I don't understand. No, 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 no. No. What,
3: what, what other names, then? Jake should be avoided.
2: Oh, I don't know. That, this
1: is a conversation I don't want to have. But <laughs> Vaccine. <laughs> right. With
2: three X's in the middle there.
1: Yeah, I don't, I don't think we're going to name our, our newest baby out of like a, after, like, a thing, like a physical thing, right? I mean, it's not going to be carpet or trash can. That's, that's not just th-
2: naming things
1: in the room. Yes, pretty much <laughs> brick <laughs> coffee cup. That's not I love lamp. That's not going to be a thing. Uh, all right, let's get into what's going on. shall we? Anyway, Thor strong handle uh, Thor Nystrom uh, was on talking NFL draft with uh, DJ and PK. As
4: you know, Zach Wilson's climb up the draft board has been met here in Utah by uh, smiles and high fives from the BYU faithful And snorts of derision from Ute fans and Utah State fans. The rivalries rage on here. And I'm curious because if he goes number two to the Jets, like everyone seems to think he is, you know, they'll win, they'll lose. People will judge him. But the Jets have been uh, more a mess than not for a long period of time. And I'm curious... If that is a franchise a quarterback should want to go to, obviously they've been shaking things up now with the leadership. How much faith do you have in the Jets going forward?
5: Um, that's yeah, that's a tough question historically to ask anyone. Um, probably not the most just because of, you know, where they've been and whatnot. And, and it, you know, as, as far as the, the decision with, with Wilson, fascinating, right? I mean, like, you had to pay a prohibitive cost to do that transition from, from Sam Darnold to, to Wilson, right? Like you got a second round pick and a couple of ancillary picks later on once, but now you're going to be, you know, I mean, they would have gotten an absolute bowl for that second pick if they'd gone the other way. So, it, I mean, it's a, it's a fascinating decision for me. Uh, there's a little bit too much risk in Wilson's profile for me personally to have been willing to pay that price but I certainly understand what you know where they're coming from. Uh, you don't see players with with that kind of an arm coming into the league every year. You know, it's just it was lasers everywhere. You know, I mean the the jump up he took. I I, I would understand wanting to uh, sort of stake the future of my franchise on that arm for sure. So it looks like the emphasis on quarterbacks has never been greater. And there's five guys we talked about: Wilson, Lawrence, and Fields, and Mac Jones and Trey Lance. So those five at what pick in the first round do you think we will get to and have all those five guys be gone? That's a really interesting question. So, you know, chapter reported uh, a couple of weeks ago that there'd be four in the top seven. It seems like that's just about a lock right now. Um, I would say, you know, as, as the board is presently constituted, you would almost think that nine would, would be the floor for the fifth one, right? Like, because whether it's Atlanta or Detroit for the uh, fourth one, or you know it, trade up iteration et cetera, um, and then you have Denver, you know at the ninth slot if they have not moved up, so I, I would think that that would be where five would would go off the board. Um, but even you know outside of that, if there if there's moves and stuff like that, worst case scenario for any of those guys, I, I just don't see how they would even drop to the Patriots at 15, which is what you would usually think of as, as sort of the floor for these guys, that, that would be the absolute, absolute nightmare for, for the fifth one. But um, right now, nine realistically might be the floor for the fifth one.
4: So if you already have your quarterback and you're drafting in the top nine and you see some of the players who are there, you must be drooling thinking, well, you don't need a quarterback. Let these guys fight over the quarterbacks. We got our guy. And to add Pitts to your receiver core or to add Sewell to your offensive line, it seems like these other teams that aren't drafting quarterbacks aren't getting talked about. But it seems like if they don't trip over themselves, or if they don't get crushed by injuries, because that can wreck anybody's career in the NFL, they're they're gonna they're gonna do great. They're really gonna make out in this draft. Yeah. It, it, it. That's a
5: really good point. Um, You know, starting with Atlanta, for instance, you know, like a, a team that if they don't take a quarterback, you, you just have Kyle Pitts, right? Like, I mean, it's who I would take, Um, but outside of Pitts, who is, is a generational unicorn type talent at his position, you have a couple other guys like that. Uh For me, Penny Sewell is like that. He, he's the best offensive lineman that I've evaluated in the last five years. So I put him above, you know that I mean, like the, a priority player, right? In the in, in the top ten, Jamar Chase is one of the best receivers we've had come out in the last couple of years as well. And so your your point is very well taken. Where yes, this is a very good quarterback class. In, in the same way, and and maybe even some inside the NFL would perceive it as a bit better than our last five quarterback first round, you know, the, the one with, with Mayfield and Allen and Rosen and, and Lamar Jackson, et cetera. And Darnold, I, I, I suppose um, it, this one is, is going to end up in terms of draft equity, more investment in the five quarterbacks. Cause I, like I just said, I don't think the last one is falling to to the 32nd slot like Lamar Jackson did. And the manifestation of that is these other three, four, five, you know, however many you want to put in that group of players at other positions that are not only the best players at their position this year, but if you put them into a bucket of the last three or four or five, where they would also be at the, at the top of the class. And Sewell is one of the, for me, you know, and Pitts for sure. If you put it the last decade at a bucket, um, they're either going to come out at the top or, or near it. And so again, your point's very well taken where this, this rat race to get up the board to take all these quarterbacks, the, the natural offshoot of it is that it's going to push some of those guys maybe just a little bit lower uh, down the board, you know, whether they drop a slot or two lower or whether it's, you know, four or five slots lower, there's going to be very good deals to be had for some of those teams that are not looking for quarterbacks in the top 15.
1: All right, there you go. A little NFL draft talk, Gordon. And uh, we'll see. I've heard the quarterback narrative before in NFL drafts and it hasn't turned out to be true, right? Like, Oh, (laughs) we have not seen a class like this. It's burrito. (laughs) and then that doesn't turn out to be the case yeah uh
3: yeah there's no way of knowing and that's part of the crapshoot of the draft uh obviously these teams if they're going to uh either uh, venture up the draft to uh, to be able to pick one of these guys then obviously you must be somewhat convinced that the kid can play but and and for the other guys who are in place already uh, i mean are you kidding me? A top-five pick? You know how valuable that is in the NFL? Especially for a player like a quarterback, because if you do hit, then you get a quarterback who is good at a, at a bargain-basement price. So it's 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 highly valued. But and I, I do think there is some talent. I think these guys are pretty good, but are they sure bets? How in the world are you going to know?
1: This stat just blows my mind. Uh, and I've heard it a few times over recent weeks. From 2009, Gordon, to 2016, there were 22 quarterbacks drafted in the first round. Wow. Okay? How many uh-huh. are currently starting in the NFL? Uh,
2: half of them. Austin? I'm going to guess three. Zero. <laughs> what? Zero.
1: From 09 to sixteen. From 09 to 2016.
3: Taken in what?
1: The first round.
3: Are you kidding me? No.
1: We can list them off if you want. How long, yeah, is, how long has Mahomes do.
2: been in the league?
1: So, since Matt Stafford was drafted for the Lions in 09. So, since then. Uh, let's see, in uh, 2009, also with Stafford, you had Sanchez to the Jets, Josh Freeman to the Buccaneers. In 2010, Sam Bradford to the Rams, Tim Tebow to the Broncos. Uh, 2011, okay, so actually Cam Newton technically is still starting. So uh, there, I guess, is one. Jake Locker to the Titans, Blaine Gabbert to the Jaguars, Christian Ponder to the Vikings. 2012, Andrew Luck with the Colts, Robert Griffin III, Washington, Ryan Tannehill, oh, there's two. What is this headline talking about then? Anyway, Ryan Tannehill to the Dolphins, Brandon Whedon to the Browns. 2013, E.J. Manuel to the Bills. 2014, Blake Bortles to the Jags. Johnny Manziel to the Browns. Teddy Bridgewater to the Vikings. 2015, Jameis Winston to the Bucks. Marcus Mariota to the Titans. 2016, uh, Jared Goff, Carson Wentz, Paxton Lynch. Or, uh, and let's see here, Paxton Lynch to the Broncos. Wait, Jared, Jared, Jared a Goff is, he is still a starter.
2: So that's three. I win. Oh,
1: okay. Wait, wait. wait. So I, I messed up the headline for their original team. Aha. Uh-huh. So that does matter. I apologize. That takes so steam just off a, of it. But the original team team, drafted them. The team who drafted them. So zero quarterbacks. What do we count? Three that are still starting, but zero are starting for their original team that drafted them.
3: And three are starting
2: overall, did you say?
1: So, yeah, Cam Newton is still starting. Uh, Tana, Tannehill. Uh, Tannehill is still starting, and Goff. and
2: Goff is still starting. And maybe Winston this year.
1: Maybe. We'll see. And maybe Bridgewater, depending on where he ends up. True. That's a pretty amazing...
3: That's a pretty amazing stat right there. Wow. But but teams are so desperate for a quarterback that they...
1: But even there, did, how many dogs did we mention? And that's a little disrespectful. <laughs> but how many how many busts did we mention right there? Guys that just never had a chance. When was the last time you thought about Josh Freeman? Hmm. Or Brandon Whedon?
3: Yeah. Well, wasn't he like 28 years old, 29 years old or something?
1: I mean it's it's pretty amazing. I mean Tim Tebow aside, there's a lot of names on this list that are like, oh. oh that's
3: that's oh. that's some pretty that's some pretty
4: remarkable stuff. So but the
1: odds of all you know five who everybody's got going on in the in the first round, the odds of all five of them starting for the teams that draft them long term are next to none.
3: I guess the argument would be uh, if if a quarterback is usually taken in the top 5, how many of those guys are busts? and I'm sure there are plenty, but uh because if you're taking the last pick of the, I take Jordan love for instance at number 26. I mean, that's a little different than a top five pick.
1: Well, there are several top five players on here.
3: Hmm. Yeah. Well, RG three
1: I mean- was a top five guy. Blake Bortles was a top five guy. Johnny Manziel, wasn't he a top five guy? No, he was like. He was later. Yeah, Yeah. you're right. He was later. Jameis Winston was a top five guy. Mariota was a top five guy. Goff was, obviously. Andrew Luck. Wentz was. Luck, who retired.
2: Yeah. Where'd Sanchez go? Uh. Well, oh, in the draft, yeah,
1: uh, I was thinking, where'd he go? I mean, the hometown buffet, maybe. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm not sure. Like he he was top ten, I think.
3: Our, our te- teams are grasping man because they absolutely Fifth have to world. find a guy. Fifth, they <sighs> have to find a guy. If you don't have one, you're you're cooked. And so, if you've got if you've got an opportunity, I bet if you told if you told GMs, look. This guy has a 60% chance of being a starter for you. They would be all over that. They'd be willing to risk that.
1: Except for at the, the position drafting as high as they are, you could take a, an offensive tackle who's going to be you. a Pro Bowl for 10 years, and the, the certainty of that is far higher than 60%.
3: Are you sure about that?
1: I don't know. I think Penny Sewell's going to be in the league for a long, long time. Oh, It
3: seems like it. There are some busts there, though. Who is that one guy? That was such a, 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 oh, crap. He was he was like the number one, number two pick in the draft, and he was a total bust. But, you know, I, I hear what you're saying. These, uh, a position like quarterback is, you just, you don't know. I think if you see a guy just plowing over defensive line, you're pretty sure he's going to be
4: okay.
1: Look at the Ram- the Rams back in the day take Orlando Pace, number one, and sign a quarterback out of the grocery store and go on to win a Super Bowl. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. Literally out of the grocery store.
3: You know, you mentioned Pene Sewell. Uh, I've seen him. There, there were times when he would be in the top three, and he seems to have dropped a little bit. But you're right. I, I would I, – that, that, that has got to be the closest thing to a sure bet you're going to find, right?
1: But you pass on him. That's why the, him. Bengals,
3: the Bengals have to take him, have to take him to protect Burrow.
1: Well, I hope the Jets take him. <laughs> I hope he makes it up to two.
3: Just just, just for ZW's sake, huh?
1: Yeah, I mean, we've seen plenty of offensive linemen uh, have legendary careers on crappy teams. We just don't see that with quarterbacks much. <laughs> Who's that dude for the Browns that was like the best offensive lineman of a generation and spent 13 years blocking for the worst team in the league? Thomas. Yeah. Tom- Joe Thomas? Yeah. Yeah. Incredible. A tackle he- that franchises would, would like you know, sell part of their franchise to, to acquire him. And he stays on teams that win one and zero games a year.
3: Isn't he the one that said that offensive linemen are far more intelligent than defensive linemen?
2: The very same. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Although I have
1: heard that from other offensive linemen.
2: I've heard it from (laughs) defensive linemen. It's a
3: prevalent, there was a guy I want to test our listeners. There was a guy named Tony and his last name started with an M who was thought to be all that just a great offensive lineman and he was a total bust.
1: Oh, Tony not, M.
3: Tony M. what was his name?
1: <laughs> not Tony, not Tony B. I mean, this guy was a
3: hulking huge dude who everybody thought was going to own the line of scrimmage for a long time in the NFL and he I think the Packers <laughs> might have taken
1: him.
2: Tony Matthews. I thought I no. thought for a second I thought Gordon knew the last name and wanted people to call in again. No. <laughs> no, I'm trying to remember what his name was. Tony Masters. <laughs> Tony
3: Mariucci. Okay, so what, what should I Google to find that out?
1: Tony Mitchell.
3: <laughs> Tony M. Offensive lineman? was a bust.
2: Tony the, Montana. Uh, <laughs> Tony Mandarich. Right. Uh, Mandarich. There it is. Oh, whoops, I didn't mean to give you
3: the real one. Yeah, Tony Mandarich, I think. Isn't he Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yep. Where where was he drafted? What was his what was know. his slot? Let's see. I'm sure our Green Bay are Packers thrilled. second
2: overall, eighty nine.
3: Yeah. Yep. Three hundred and thirty pounds.
2: Should we get a handsome Scotty's cut coming up next? What are we doing? Well do that? speaking
3: of offensive linemen, yeah, a guy who loves to talk about. Him.
1: He does. Hans does love to talk about the line. That is true. They had Matt Harping on their show. We'll get to that uh, coming up right around the corner. So stay tuned. Productive conversation. Ever
2: heard of Peter S.
1: Peter S. Oh, he's a <laughs> wide receiver for uh, Boston College, right?
2: I believe so, oh, yeah. yeah. Hey, man, I need to but, test but, our yeah, listeners on here's that.
3: Here's the bottom line. We found, we, we found
2: it. You know, we found it. We found what, it? Yeah. We found it. So I I don't know, Gordon. Seems like I did all the work. Maybe to
1: put a wrap on this convo, out of those five quarterbacks, how many are starting for the team that drafted them in five years? What'd you say? Uh how out of the five quarterbacks in the first round, how many are playing for the team that drafted them in five years?
3: Five years is a th- that's a pretty steep standard.
1: What? No, it's not. Five years for a first-round quarterback?
3: <laughs> Five years in the same place?
1: Uh, uh,
3: I think that that uh, that takes some doing. So, how many? Uh I don't know. I don't know. I, okay, I'll I'll play along. I'll say. I'll say three. All
1: right, I was going to say two, so I'm 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 in the neighborhood. Uh, I'm I'm there with you. I think you know Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, if they go one two.
3: The reason I didn't catch your question originally was that our good friend and one of the smartest people we know, Riley Johnson, had uh, texted me and said, Mandarich, Rich, he was exactly right." So anyway, sorry, sorry to keep, keep harping on that. But that was a big, big deal. I mean, that was before your time probably, but that was a big, big deal because everybody thought that guy was going to be an NFL lifer and he just wasn't anything near. The, the point is that the draft is a crapshoot at all positions, but maybe the, the riskiest one of all is quarterback uh, from what you've told us.
1: Riley, stop distracting Gordon, please.
3: Oh, I appreciate
1: the information. All right, let's get out of the zone phone. Joining us now from Wasatch Medical Clinic, he's our friend Andrew Reinhart. And, uh, Andrew, there's a lot of guys out there suffering from ED and even suffering from the side effects from the treatments. They don't have to do that anymore. Yes, that's
6: exactly right. We're transitioning. I think there's kind of a movement. uh, Guys struggling with ED, they're going from pill to the acoustic wave therapy. Um, Wasatch Medical, we use the most advanced forms, two now that rehabilitate uh, tissue and they regrow blood vessels. Um, I was just watching a video from a urologist talking about this, how the blood vessels, they widen when someone goes through these treatments. When the timing's right in the bedroom, the blood flows properly. Uh, And it isn't just us saying this. There's so many clinical studies. I read one earlier in your show, Jake, um, from the advances in urology. They say that this is a revolutionary treatment and possesses unprecedented qualities to rehabilitate erectile tissue. Um, Really cool stuff, really cool science. But the bottom line, if you're struggling with ED, if you're not performing like you used to, we've helped a lot of guys turn back the clock and get off of the pill.
1: You know what's cool about the the story of Wasatch Medical Clinic, I think, is maybe some folks out there are thinking, what is this radical treatment that Andrew's talking about? Are they using laser (laughs) beams or something? But the the truth is the technology has been out there for a long time. They just used it for a different purpose before they discovered this. It's pretty amazing, actually.
6: Exactly. Yeah, heavily studied um, to break up kidney stones, plantar fasciitis on the bottom of the foot, neuropathy on the leg. There's all these things that it's been used for. We happen to use it on this part of the body. We specialize in increasing blood flow. So it is proven and it's totally safe. I've never read or seen a negative side effect. So everything to gain, nothing to lose.
1: 801-901-8000. That's the number to call. Get on the schedule today, Andrew, and you're going to take care of our listeners, right?
6: Yeah, there's a lot for free. A lot of guys take the free and don't do the treatments, which is totally okay if you think you have ED. Uh, and you want to at least see if you're a good candidate and talk to the doctor, we'll do that all free, the assessment, the exam, the blood flow ultrasound, a little thank you gift that produces immediate results. You'll love that. And new patients even get free testosterone. Uh, Give us a call. It's all no charge.
1: 801-901-8000. 801-901-8000. Wasatch Medical Clinic. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you, guys. Again, that number, 801-901-8000. Uh, We will get to more big show coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Slow-mo
0: Joe. The Joe Ingalls Show with DJ and PK. PK.
4: So when you get teed up, does that mean you got to be quiet the rest of the game? <laughs> Everyone kept saying, leave him alone, leave him alone, you've already got
2: one. I was like, I'm not leaving him alone because they obviously missed it and it really annoyed me at that time.
0: The best part is that I said to him, I can't wait till you watch it at halftime and you have to come back and tell me that you were wrong. And then he came out at halftime and was like, yeah, my bad, I completely missed that. It cost me 2500 bucks or whatever it costs for a technical foul these days, but I was frustrated. I'd missed all my shots before that. I was like, I'm about to get a nice easy layup on Ennis. And then he fouled me and cost me $2,500. Good song. <laughs> so I'll take my 2500 and move on. I got my money's worth, though. <laughs> I definitely got my money's worth. Oh, uh, yeah. Catch Jazz Man Joe Ingles with DJ and PK. Every Thursday morning on 97.5, 1280 The Zone. And The Zone Sports Network. Uh, uh, uh. Utah's highest rated, most listened to sports radio afternoon show. I grind every day just so I can live a better life. This is The Big Show, presented by Big O' Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O' Tires for no credit needed financing. And the best prices on winter tires. Big O' Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network.
1: Remix Austin. It's a big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott 97.5, and 1280 The Zone. I want to remind you about our friends at Syringa Networks working from home or with hybrid workforce. Get a powerful IT partner, Syringa Networks. Call 385 420 7881 or visit syringanetworks.net. Say hi to our guy, uh, Gabe. Stud. We love Gabe. Sringa Networks. All right, uh, let's get to the Hanson Scotty clip. Uh, let's let's hear from Matt Harpering a little bit here. We got to, we got stuck talking NFL draft in the last segment, but I uh, want to hear from Harpering on uh, Hanson Scotty G. Matt, do you accept fatigue as an excuse for a loss? No, because um, everyone has to go
7: through it. You know, it's it's part of the job description. This is this is the NBA. This is what you worked your entire life for. This is what uh, everyone wants to do. Uh, there's only you know, 450, 500 people a year that are allowed to play in this league. And um, it's a privilege. So uh, even though it's there, it's something that you, I don't think you complain about. I don't think you talk about, but uh, you work through it. And every team goes through it. You know, sometimes your stretches are four games and five nights. Sometimes it's three and four. Um, Sometimes it's six games and eight days or, or whatever it is. But, Uh, Just with this season and COVID, it's just a lot. And it's a little bit more condensed than usual. And it's, you know, this is when you start seeing it is toward the end of the year. Um, And you hope, and a lot of teams, when you look around the league, are are resting guys um, smartly and making sure that they're going to be healthy because what matters in the end is to have your fully loaded team in the playoffs uh, peaking at the right time.
5: I thought Rudy Gobert had a good line last night, and I think it's uh, something we all need to know forever on a treadmill, is he says, "Well, when I'm tired, I tell my, my body not to be tired anymore, and then I just go out and play. like, OK, I guess if you're Rudy yeah, Gobert, yeah. You can uh, that works for you. That's, that's good news. Hey, uh, yeah. should, Rudy go, should Rudy be in the uh, conversation for MVP?
7: For MVP, um, No, I'm going to go no there.. Um, you know, he, he's a certain an impact player, uh, for sure. If you look at his numbers defensively, uh, you can make an argument for it. Uh, but that's not how the MVP has been judged in years past. And so with the way MVPs are, are picked every year and knowing what that award is about, I don't think Rudy um, is going to come probably in the top three even. Um, should he? Uh, yeah, you could certainly make the argument because uh, he's as impactful as Donovan is. He might even be more impactful for this team for what he does and what he covers and how he is. Um, but I don't. I don't think you know they're they're gonna ever give it to a guy you know that is not more offensively um, involved. You know when you when you take six or seven shots a game and um, your your main area is defense, it's gonna be hard. I think Donovan would get more consideration uh if you're gonna look at the jazz for that
6: last night
5: donovan mitchell at 22 points but the four games prior 42 42 37 41 what have you seen in the last uh week or so from donovan mitchell in that high level point total
7: yeah um another level really i you know it's it's just hard to score 40 in an nba game I, you know we kind of take it and it's like oh donovan at 40 it's very difficult to do and the fact that he did it four times in a row I mean, it's incredible um, I mean, you're in with the elite of the elite, when you start talking, uh, those types of numbers, um, just scoring 20 in the NBA is tough. And then 30 brings you to another level. And then 40 is kind of superhuman. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's incredible to watch. Um, and what surprised me was the fact that the other night he was rolling in the first quarter and then in the third quarter, I think he missed 11 straight shots and, you know, you're going into the fourth quarter thinking, okay, what's his mentality going to be going into the fourth quarter? And he got it back. And that's hard to do as a player is to go through a struggle of missing 11 in a row and then to come back and keep your keep your focus, keep your aggressiveness, and then win the game. Uh, he's just got some, some competitive DNA in him that's uh, very elite, that obviously not a lot of people have, but is bringing him – to places that I, not even myself and I think a lot of jazz fans thought he could get to at such an early age and he's getting to them. I mean, he's only a four, four year guy, but he's, he's certainly playing like an eight year guy.
1: There you go. Matt Harping was on with Hance and uh, Scotty G. That's quite the compliment there. Third year guy playing like an eight year guy, Gordon.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Let, let me back up and uh, first run through a couple of things. Matt said and get your opinion. Do you think that uh, do you think that Donovan Mitchell should be uh, considered uh, an MVP candidate?
1: Donovan or Rudy? Because they were talking about Rudy being the MVP Oh, Rudy! Candidate. I'm sorry,
3: I missed um, I missed that part. Do you think he should be?
1: Um, I don't think that either will be, which was really what Matt Matt's answer uh, right. was, um, and I do agree with him that you could make a very compelling argument, certainly for Rudy. Because he's so difficult to value his impact uh, defensively, which is something you and I kind of dove into at great length last night uh, during the post game. And Donovan is the best offensive player on the best team, and usually that player gets considered for MVP. So uh, I like
3: that whole balancing act between how successful the team is and how good the player is. I, I think a player should get credit for how good the team is. Uh, because of it, it, it covers for all those in between things that don't show up on a statute. Is that fair? However, I also don't believe that just because a team has the best record that somebody off that team should be the guy.
1: right. it is that it is that balance. How much credit do you do you put there i i I like to er more on the winning side. I don't think that a losing team's player should be consideration for most valuable because how valuable are you? If your team is not any good, you know, (laughs) True. so
3: (laughs) although, although, you know, one guy can't lift everybody.
1: But I think the the strong argument for Rudy uh, has to do with how he alters the entire game plan of the other team. Right. I mean, how many and there are some mind you, but how many offensive players do you have to, you know, really alter everything that you do to stop them? and like i said there are some but those are the ones we consider for mvp right i mean the jazz totally altered the way that they played defense against james harden in the playoffs you know so there are those players that have that gravitas but they get the the they get the spotlight rudy does that on the other side of the ball and nobody seems to notice
3: yeah <laughs> which is so weird i mean i get it that the so spotlight seems to carry the offensive star carry to the offensive stars but and there's something that Ben Simmons just doesn't get when he says what he says, like what he said in that radio interview the other day or TV interview, whatever it was. Well, here's he the, was he was he was essentially uh, downgrading uh, Rudy's effect at, while propping up himself. But but you can, I don't think you can say that about Ben Simmons defense, you know.
1: Well, I, I think it's the imperfection of the relationship with stats and sports is why Rudy. Doesn't give get the spotlight, maybe that he's due, uh, just because there's not. Um, the stats are an easy way for people to confirm in sports. That is an easy right. way for people to confirm their own opinions, right? What did Rick majeris always no, use?
3: Maybe not just in sports, Jake. <laughs> Maybe
1: not, but but it, th- that is my particular expertise at the moment, uh, so that's where I will limit the scope of my comment. Uh, uh, but a lot of people use stats as a way to confirm their already formed opinions. You know, Rick Majerus had that famous quote that stats are like a string bikini. They reveal as much as they conceal. <laughs> you know, and it's a way for people to to point to evidence, so to speak, and say, see, this player is good. Well, the problem is, is that there aren't at least – you know, stats that uh, are glorified in any way, shape, or form that demonstrate the value that Rudy brings to the table. Now, that's not Rudy's fault. That's not the imperfection of Rudy. That's the imperfection of the way that we analyze the game. And you heard Matt there talk about the traditional way we evaluate that award. Well, he's 100% right about that. Rudy doesn't get the glory stats. So, I mean, look at at Shaq dragging Rudy earlier this year about... uh, Well, you get paid that amount of money to average 13 points. What do you say? Like, let this be a lesson to you kids. You know, you can average 13 points a game and get paid $200 million or whatever it was. You know, because there's not that stat where Rudy can point to it and said, I sent this many all-stars scurrying out of the lane. You know, there's not that. There's not the way to to point to the evidence. So nobody outside of Chris Mannix is willing to go out on the limb and say that this guy is an MVB candidate because people that aren't paying attention will laugh and go, but he's only averaging 13 points, Uh which is a ridiculous argument in my opinion.
3: Yeah, I agree with you.
1: So that's so it's the awkward relationship between sports and stats and why uh, sometimes I roll my eyes at the analytics crowd because they think they've reinvented the wheel. But the truth is, is they're just using evidence to to confirm or deny their own biases.
3: You know, Jake, that might be one of the smartest things you've ever said. And I don't mean that to try to belittle anything you've already said. There's a lot of smart things you've said, but that is so true. That is so true. How many times do you see people who rely on a number to to absolutely prove a point that is not really proven? Right. So okay. So what do you think about the other thing with uh, with Matt when he was talking about uh, should teams be able to lean on the idea that they are fatigued because it is such a limited privilege to be a player in that league?
1: No, uh, you know it's tough guy stuff. It, I Sometimes excuses come off like excuses, but sometimes reasons are also excuses, right? It, it depends on what word you use. Now, what Quinn Snyder said, where all teams are going through it, is 100% true, but it doesn't mean that the Jazz were any less tired. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's kind of what perspective you go. I mean, if you look at the way Royce O'Neal played against Washington, that dude was on empty. <laughs> yes, and and true. maybe even maybe even some injury there, too, right? I mean, we saw a little limp in the first half. I don't know, you know? But that, that was a guy who didn't have 100% of himself that night. So is that an excuse or did that really happen?
3: Uh, I, I, I don't think it's an excuse, no.
1: Now, nobody wants to hear uh, coaches and players waving that around right and i think that's where matt comes from kind of the tough guy stuff nobody mm-hmm. wants to hear a losing coach go you know come out and say well we just didn't stand a chance because we were completely fatigued and it's completely unfair i mean even if it's true nobody wants to hear it
3: but and that this might be hard for a lot of our listeners or for us to really understand the have you ever been so tired from something that you did the day before that that you struggled to be able to be physically, physically competent the following day.
1: <laughs> yeah. I went over, overseas <laughs> in, I think I was in junior high school or whatever, it was this group trip or whatever, and came back, and my mother still made me go to school the day we came back. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> and I was so unbelievably jet-lagged. My, my English class, which I think was my second class of the day, had library time or whatever, mm-hmm. completely out cold on the couch. And I woke up, I honestly woke up several hours later, and this, this is the, the coolest librarian story ever. I, I woke up seriously several hours later to an empty library, and I look up at the librarian, and I look at the time, and notice it was several hours later, and the librarian goes, your teacher told me uh, the, the situation you're in here, and I, I went ahead and excused you from your other classes and didn't have the heart to wake you up. And I was like, wow. this is amazing. That amazing is terrific. Amazing. That is terrific. So, yeah, I was worthless. I, l- I literally so, could not keep my eyes open.
3: Okay, so that happens to – I know we make fun of who was the baseball player who who was excused. He was listed on the uh, not not ready to perform list because he of general soreness. I mean, if you play a bunch of games in a short period of time to the point where you cannot effectively play uh, and, and people will say, "Well, wait a minute. If it had been a, a playoff game, then Royce O'Neill would have been in the lineup." But, but he—if you, he, I, I, what I'm saying is that you can be your muscles can be so sore that you cannot perform at a level that's up to the standard, uh, or you you might be risking some sort of injury making up for that fatigue uh, by playing a schedule of this compacted schedule of the NBA this year. I mean, that, that's totally reasonable in my mind. I don't like load management because it seems too, too scripted. But if you're, if, if you're a coach or if you're someone in charge and you're evaluating a player, or if you're the player himself and you know that you can't go, or if you go, you're going to compromise your team, then, yeah, I, th- I certainly think that's a very real thing.
1: Well, the timing worked out fortunate because the Jazz had two nights off after the Oklahoma City game, and Oklahoma City was not a terrific team. So, yes. uh-huh. you know, it the strategic part of it, there probably was a little bit of that where, you know, they thought they could get the win without Royce, and, you know, all of a sudden instead of having a day off, he has three days off.
3: I just don't understand the relationship between the privilege, how few people get to that level, and say the, the amount of money you make versus – you, the the human condition being able to go out and and, and play when you are fatigued I, I I don't see the relationship there because you make more money should you be able to to get out there and perform under those circumstances I know everyone always points well look Karl Malone, and look at what John Stockton did you know, it's it's just um, uh, how rich you are! Uh, the money doesn't make you healthier. And then the argument can be made: Well, you're a professional athlete. You should do whatever's necessary to get yourself ready. Well, that's that's fine if you're a machine.
1: Yeah. But if you're a human being, less human. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you. All right, we've got a market update coming up next. We've got Dirt Facer, our good friend uh, stopping by at 4, David Lock at five. Stay tuned. 97.5 and twelve eighty. The Zone.
0: <laughs> Number one. Make a short- and the Zone Sports Network
1: Sherry, Sherry baby, Sherry, Sherry baby. Sherry Big show Gordon Monson, Jake Scott 975 and 1280 the Zone. It's time for a market update brought to you by tr- TridayTrading.com. Now anyone can be a day trader visit TridayTrading.com. How did the markets do today, Gordon?
3: Uh, Well, uh, let me just start with the bad, okay? Uh, Or at least one instance of the bad. The NASDAQ was down just over 138 points. (laughs) Oh, man, I've had a rough morning. (laughs) The Dow, however, was up 53 and a half points.
6: Fun fact, that was a direct result of the Browns moving. Sorry, just fun NFL history fact.
3: Uh, we don't have time to explain that. Anyway, the S&P, however, was down almost 17 points.
4: I just <laughs> thought I had a fun fact. I did not.
3: <laughs> well, two out of the three were not fun facts
1: today. All right. Hey, Gordon, I was just uh, real quick here, and we've got Dirk Facer coming up before We were talking uh, quarterbacks and NFL draft. We were chatting about it a little bit off the air. In 2018, uh, there were five first-round uh, uh, quarterbacks picked, um, and three of them turned out to be really good picks. Two of them, well, one of them really did not, and one the jury's still out on, but not with their original team. So that I would consider a, a really good quarterback year. Wow. Yeah, Baker Mayfield, who went one to Cleveland, which I would consider a success at this point. Uh, Darnold, who went three to the Jets now with the Panthers, Josh Allen, who went seven to the Bills, obviously home run there. Um, Josh Rosen went 10 to the Cardinals, who, uh, is, I don't think in the league anymore. And then, uh, at the end of the first round, last pick in the first round, uh, Gordon, uh, Lamar Jackson went 32 to the Ravens. So home run there. So that, that is a really good quarterback year right there. Yeah. I wonder if this year will be similar or a letdown.
3: The point is, it's a crapshoot.
1: It is. It really yeah. is. Mm-hmm. But in that case, you've got three hits, one probably not, and one definitely not. Yeah. So there you go. All right. Okay. Let's, let's jump out of the zone phone. Joining us now from Wasatch Medical Clinic, he's our friend Andrew Reinhardt. What's up, Andrew? Did we lose Andrew? Oh, there hey, we go. Muscle. We got you, Andrew. Let's let's help <laughs> our listeners. Doing? Yeah, we're doing great. Uh, better than some of our listeners out there who might be struggling in the bedroom. Let's help them out.
6: Yeah, we're helping a lot of guys here at Wasatch Medical. All over well, the country, frankly, guys are growing tired of the pills for ED. Uh, the supplements, the spam folder in your email, not, not a great place because a lot of stuff coming in that doesn't work. We're using the two most advanced forms of acoustic wave therapy. Um the only technology studied by Cambridge University and 40 others now showing that we can regrow blood vessels and repair soft tissue. Um, that's exactly what a guy with ED needs in this part of the body especially. What this does with a few treatments is it kind of tricks the body into healing itself. Like breaking down a muscle in the gym, we build it up stronger. The blood flows where you want it, when you want it, and it's been shown to reverse ED and do it without the pills or the side effects.
1: And you've been talking about it a lot today, but, uh, and you usually mention quite a bit when we come on, the, the science out there is great. I mean, for folks out there going, okay, sure, Andrew. No, there's, there's lots of stuff to point to. This thing really works.
6: Yeah, there really. Five years ago, we kind of were the only ones, you know, and, and uh, you the only one saying this works, but uh, you've got therapeutic advances in urology the Journal of Urology, Cambridge University, and so many others, they've called it a revolutionary approach. They've done x-rays and showed that it rehabilitates erectile tissue. Um, this, is, this is science. It is sound. I think the pill may someday be a thing of the past. If you're out there struggling with ED, uh, know that there's an alternative, and we've helped a lot of guys turn back the clock.
1: 801-901-8000. That's the number to call. And uh, lots of free stuff going on right now for Zone listeners.
6: Yeah, there really is. A two-thirds of men with ED do nothing about it, they say, 70%. I assume they're suffering. So uh, we want to help you. Uh, come in, do a consultation with the doctor. You may still decide the treatments are not for you, but it's free. He'll do a blood flow ultrasound free. Little gift that produces immediate results in the bedroom. Even if it's recreational, you'll like it. And new patients even get free testosterone. So give us a call now. It's no charge. 801-901-8000,
1: 901 8000 Wasatch Medical Clinic. Thank you very much, Andrew. Thanks, guys. We'll have uh, Dirk Facer going to join us next, 97.5 and 1280 The
0: Zone. Now let's get this party started. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on the Zone Sports Network.
4: Ron Boone, kind enough to join us.
0: I don't think the Jazz guys should be afraid of any team in the NBA right now, the way they're playing. And
5: i tell you what I'm what I'm enjoying right now, this late in the year, is that most teams now are starting to play the Jazz different than what we saw in the beginning of the year. They're making the Jazz make these adjustments to the point where they're taking away the three-point shot, and so they're staying at home, which means that the Jazz have to do things differently. They have to play in more of a half-court game, and they're still able to make those adjustments and win basketball games.
0: Hanson Scotty, weekdays from 10 to 2 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network.